Hi, I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. Welcome to Shifting Ears. This is the Valley Metro internal podcast talking all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency behind the scenes and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Hey, Brittany. You know, here at Valley Metro, we like to talk about our milestones a lot, and there is one milestone date that just sticks out to me. Can you guess what it is? Is it December 27th, 2008? Well, that is a big day because that is when Light Rail opened, but I'm thinking of one a little more recent. Okay, tell me. July 7th, 2021. Do you know what happened on that day? I do not. I do not know. (laughs) We launched the Valley Metro app. Since then, it's been providing riders, over 137,000 riders, with information on how to plan their trip, real-time vehicle tracking, and rider alerts right in the palm of their hand. And do you know what's coming up soon? Okay, yeah, this one I do know the answer to. Tell everyone. Mobile fare payment. Woohoo! We are so excited about mobile fare here. Woo, woo, woo. I can honestly say that I think almost every day we get a comment on social media or through email or something with a writer saying, why can't I pay for my ride on my phone? Well, you can in a few months. Maddie, I know I'm excited about mobile fare. I've been part of the testing, so I have seen a little bit of the background, but we're gonna bring in a subject matter expert who knows everything about mobile fare payment and how you can get involved. My name is Dane Riles, and I'm a marketing program coordinator for Valley Metro, and I provide marketing support for several projects, including our capital projects and the fare collection system modernization project. Dane. Do you take public transit? I do. I actually take the light rail from Tempe into downtown every day I'm in the office. How long does it take you? It's like 45 minutes. Oh, what do you do while you're on the train? Do you read or something? Listen to this podcast. (laughs) I don't work, but I do. I sometimes listen to a podcast or TikTok or something. So... I know you're in marketing and you've done marketing at some other companies before, but have you ever worked on an app? Yeah, I actually have. The organization that I worked for before joining Valley Metro was an app that you could use as a mobile wallet to buy and trade cryptocurrencies and other currencies as well. In that role, I was a digital marketing coordinator, primarily working on social media, which meant I had a lot of interaction with customers about our app and what they liked, what they didn't like, troubleshooting issues, and a whole lot more. So it really gave me a great understanding of an app as a product and the user experience. While I was there, we actually also went through an app redesign. So that really helped provide with a good experience leading into the Valley Metro app project. Speaking of the Valley Metro app, what can you tell us about it? When did it launch and what are we expecting in the future? Hopefully everyone listening has downloaded the Valley Metro app. And if not, I definitely encourage you to download it, use it, and make sure you rate it in the App Store. Last year, we launched the Valley Metro app, and we refer to this version as the expedited app. And the reason we call it that is because we knew the full version of the app with fare and other features was still in development, but we wanted to respond to our writers in their request to provide an app with not only trip planning, but also with real-time vehicle location. 
So working with the app developer and City of Phoenix, we did release this current version last year, which provides those features, the trip planning, real-time vehicle location, and service alerts. So far, the app has been downloaded over 136,000 times and has about a 4.5 star rating in the App Store, which I think is pretty good for you know, the first little bit over a year of it being available. The overall goal of the app is to provide our riders with a one-stop shop for transit, including the features I mentioned, trip planning, alerts, real-time vehicle location, and in the near future, mobile fare. So you asked about what's coming in the future. There will be multiple updates to continue improving the app, and the next one will be our mobile fare. That's really going to change and enhance the rider experience because riders will have access to buy one ride in one day, full or reduced fare passes for local bus and light rail, express and rapid, and then for streetcar after the streetcar free fare period ends. And that's really just the beginning. In the future, we plan to add more pass types to the apps and continue to enhance the features we have now, and then also launch some new fare features in the future as well. So it's definitely going to be exciting to watch that evolution and growth of the app and hopefully continue to add more benefits for our transit users. Can we just take one minute to celebrate that we're getting mobile fare. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's it. We have seen it. <laughs> Brittany and I have done it in on our phone and it is, it's yes. Real. I officially have mobile fare passes on my phone. Me too. Maddie. Me too. I have one of every type and we're going to scan them tomorrow and it's going to be awesome. We're going to check out those fare readers. Very exciting. I know, obviously, the broader rider community will be very excited about mobile fare payment. But what other fare changes are we going to see across the system besides just having those mobile passes available in the app? So in addition to buying mobile passes in the app, we also, in the first phase of this project, will have new fare readers on all of the buses and at all light rail stations in the first iteration of mobile fare. So those readers will be installed in the coming weeks, actually, and throughout the fall. As you might guess, installing them on all of our buses and at all the light rail stations is quite a bit of work. So some of the pre-work is underway now, and then that installation, as I mentioned, will begin really soon. When we launch Mobile Fair, basically you'll buy the pass on the app, and then when you get to the light rail station or when you're boarding your bus, you will have a QR code that you scan to really validate that your fare is active and you're ready to go. So that is really the first phase of the mobile fare and the fare project, I guess I should say. Then next year in late 2023 or possibly into early 2024, we have a lot more upgrades coming, which include new fare boxes on buses, new fare vending machines at light rail stations, an account-based fare website where you can manage your fare account and your reloadable fare card. And then those reloadable fare cards will be available at the end of next year as well for anyone who may prefer a physical card versus the app. We are also working with a third party to update and enhance our retail network. So our riders will be able to buy and reload fare cards or reload their fare on their phone at hundreds of locations across the valley. Overall, when the project is done, we're essentially going to have an entire upgrade to the system for fare, which is really exciting. Whoa, that is a lot of things coming, not only to Valley Metro, but the community and the valley as a whole, because all of these upgrades are going to be huge in terms of ridership and just the ease and convenience of being able to take public transit. 
I am very excited for the future. I have a question about the app. So I was taking the light rail home the other day from work and I luckily I didn't check the app until I got down to the station because it's like a two minute walk from our office. So I get to the station and it says the train is going to be, I think, 10 minutes later than scheduled. So I'm waiting there and I was like, well, whatever. But then just a couple minutes later, the train came, even though the app said that it was really delayed and it showed a train like a few miles down the route in like the real live tracking. But then the train actually was there pretty close to on time. But I was just wondering, like, who would I notify when something like that happens? And also, do you know why that happened? Well, there are obviously a lot of features of the app that, you know, different pieces plug into the app. And I think GTFS is part of what gets us the real-time tracking. To answer the question of what exactly was happening, I'm not entirely sure. But typically what we ask writers to do if they do encounter a problem is to send that feedback to customer service. And we have a process in place to see what the problem or issue may be and make sure it gets to the right person, whether that's someone related to GTFS or if it's an actual issue with the app and we need the developer to help. So the best way to give that feedback is to contact them. You can actually contact customer service directly in the app itself under the help and support area. It has the phone number listed and then it also has a link to email them directly. But obviously we always welcome feedback, whether it's a problem or an idea for a feature. Again, just providing that feedback really helps to continue to enhance the app and make sure that it's performing at its best. Thinking of feedback, that also gives me the opportunity to make a quick plug for testing mobile fare. In the coming weeks, we'll begin outreach to recruit not only internal, but also external testers for mobile fare in the app. And we really want to be able to test the app and make sure that the fare itself is functioning, but also we want to test those new fare readers across the system before we launch mobile fare to the entire general public. So stay tuned for information on that and definitely encourage everyone listening to sign up to help us out. Dane, I know that you and I have worked very closely hand in hand since the launch of the app, but we're not the only people who have our hand in this project. Can you tell us how robust this project is? You think about the divisions of Valley Metro. I mean, I think every division in some way, shape or form is going to play a role in the app and also the entire FAIR project. But we're not doing it alone. We are working very closely with the City of Phoenix and numerous contractors like the app developer who are helping to build this entire new FAIR system and really make sure that it's operating well. And then, of course, as we continue to build and test and implement not only mobile FAIR, but the entire FAIR system will also work very closely with our city partners as well. As you might guess, and hopefully it's obvious that you know this really is going to impact the entire system at some point or another. So it really takes a lot of people working as a team to bring that best product possible to our riders. As I mentioned, the scope of the project is very large and spans the next few years, actually. So it's definitely an all-hands-on-deck approach. So you've been working on this for like over a year. What have you learned by working on this Valley Metro app project? 
That's a good question. You know, we're even though we have been working on it for a while, we're still in the first phase technically. So my answer may change, but I think generally the project has really reinforced the importance of communication, not only internally, but across all of the entities that are involved that I mentioned earlier. Brittany, when you asked the question about who all is involved in the project, I did start thinking about the individuals that we work with. And it's a huge group of people all working really hard to get the project off the ground. It's really that communication across all entities to make sure we're really bringing the best product forward. Unfortunately, the other thing we've learned is that like so many things, the pandemic has had an impact on the production of some of the equipment for the project. I know there was some delays with the fair readers and even some of the equipment and the reloadable cards that will come along in phase two. So we really had to learn to be open to change and have plans in place to adjust and adapt those timelines when necessary. As a public transit rider, what do you think the best feature of the app is? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I think most people would probably say the live tracking of buses and trains because that's just really convenient and it's not something we previously had before. But I actually think the feature where you can save a favorite stop is really helpful in the app. You know, when I get to the park and ride and I'm getting ready to get out of my car and catch the train, it's really nice to just take a quick glance and see if the train's on time late or see what's happening so that I can stay out of the heat and get there right on time to board. So that makes it really easy because you can just quickly go into your favorites and look at the stop that you frequent. And of course, when the app update happens for mobile fare, I hope that everyone says that that's their favorite feature. I know it'll be mine. And I, I think it's really a feature that our, our writers will really enjoy as well. So your past job was in a Bitcoin wallet app, and now you're working on a transit app. And do you think there's ever a hope for us to combine those and have a transit app that you can pay for your ticket with a Bitcoin or digital currency? You know, that sounds like a weird or crazy idea to some people, but we're really not that far from that. The company that I worked for actually had a debit card that you could use anywhere. So it would take your cryptocurrency that was in the account with us, and as soon as you swiped it or used the card number, automatically transition that into dollars. So technically, if you're asking, someone with that card could buy their transit fare now with Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency. And then I think we are probably going to see in the future more integration of those cryptocurrencies into payment apps. Dane, I know we're all excited about testing mobile fare. I know I'm super excited about it. But when is it happening and how would people even get involved? That's the million dollar question. So we are in the early testing phases now and it's going well. So as we get closer to the pilots that I mentioned, we'll have a better understanding of how it's performing and what that timeline looks like. But ultimately our goal is to have mobile fare available at the very beginning of 2023 so that it's up and running and ready to go before the Super Bowl. Anything else you want to share about the pilot? Yeah, I just, again, want to encourage everyone to watch for an email that will probably send an agency-wide email for people to participate and sign up and definitely encourage you to sign up. And then, you know, we're opening it to the public as well. So any friends or family or transit riders that want to take part, we definitely could use the help and make sure we test the product well before it comes out. Well, you've given us so much information, but if people are still hungry for more... Where should they go to learn more about the FAIR Technology Modernization Project? 
So we've created a landing page on the Valley Metro website where you can find really a, a general overview of the project and a timeline of the phases that I mentioned. We're also going to take that page and continue to update it with new information, including information about the pilot as we continue along. So that page is valleymetro.org slash fair technology. Maddie, I know that I'm super excited about fair payment because it's really revolutionizing how we do things here at Valley Metro. Are you excited now too? Yes, I am excited. I also think about as a communications person, how it's going to help us expand our reach and maybe a new group of writers that haven't accessed the transit system before, but making it that much easier for them, I think is going to be really important especially with the Super Bowl coming up. Can you imagine how much faster and easier it's going to be for all those visitors coming, not just for the Super Bowl, but for all of our major events that we have here? Absolutely. I think it's going to make a huge difference and also just give people one more reason to love visiting Phoenix. We've now come to my favorite part of every Shifting Ears episode. What's that? Prizes, prizes, prizes. You knew it, Maddie. I knew it. (laughs) Are you ready for this episode's question? Yes, hit me with it. Dane worked on an app in his previous job. What kind of app was it? So if you know the answer, send us an email, podcast at valleymetro.org. Or if you have any ideas for a topic we should cover on this podcast, maybe a colleague who would make a great interview guest, you can also send those to podcast at valleymetro.org. That's it for this episode of Shifting Ears. I'm Brittany. And I'm Madeline. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Peter Corkery and Alex Sotsos. Taylor Dunn is the executive producer. I'm Madeline Phipps with Brittany Hoffman. Thanks for listening. 